This is sick. Put this to music. That may be the greatest catch I've ever seen. Rodgers does this better than anybody. End zone. Yes, hello ladies and gentlemen, we're back, Monday morning football, back in your ears for week number six of the podcast, Stephen Jameson here with you as ever, alongside Jonathan Eaton. Hi Steve, hope uh, you're all good, hope everybody else is good listening to the pod this evening, uh, or this afternoon, or this morning, again, whenever you choose to listen to it, on the show <laughs> On the show, then this week, drunken memories, normal order restored in fantasy, and we need to tighten up a few bolts I reckon Steve, all that and more coming up in the next hour. Yeah, loads to talk about, and where else to start really than than a game that we can say we were both at, Jai. It was a, it was a good game in some ways and a terrible game in others. It was a, a strange sort of week. Uh, Wembley, we're on about, if you weren't familiar. It was the Seahawks against the Raiders. It was almost a blowout, which was a shame. Almost? Um, well, <laughs> what I mean, what I mean by that is, it was almost a zero for the Raiders. Oh, they didn't yeah, get three points. It, it was it was a blur. It wasn't quite a whitewash, is what I was uh, what I was trying yeah, to get that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, twenty-seven three to the Seahawks. Really good performance in the Seahawks. Actually, was quite impressed by them. Um, and yeah, that's where we're going to start. Really enjoyed the day. Um, uh, it was my first experience of going to the NFL as a fan. Uh, at Wembley, I, I went to one of the Twickenham games last year. I've been to plenty of the games, but I've worked mm. at them, so it's a slightly different experience. And yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, what I didn't enjoy were the queues for the pints in the top <laughs> tier of Wembley. I missed the entire third quarter, which is absolutely my highlight of the week. Um, yeah, grim. But the game itself, the actual match... It was a good. It was a good game to watch. I Seahawks were very good when they got the ball. A couple of like sort of highlight reel plays. Uh, really disappointed with the Raiders. I thought they'd be. A, I thought they'd be a lot better, but they were so poor. And considering it was twenty seven three, I was pleasantly surprised by how enjoyable a thing it was to watch because it could have been quite painful. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we touched on drunken memories at the top of the show. Uh, that is basically the drunken memory. Um, I let's just say I had a, I had a couple. On um, on Sunday, um, yeah, absolutely. And uh, and to be honest, it was not the greatest of spectacles. If we're being brutally honest with ourselves, um, I mean, Russell Wilson was doing Russell Wilson things. I love the fact that he fumbled the ball uh, before throwing it to Moore for the touchdown. That was quite nice. He bobbled the snap, fumbled it, and he was like, "Nah, sod it. I'm still going to throw a touchdown." That was great. Uh, the one where he's almost getting tackled. I think it was to Tyler Lockett. In the middle of the third, that was great as well. Fantastic play as well from him for the touchdown. But the Raiders did have the last laugh with a field goal after their kick and miss one earlier on in the day. Um, I'm, trying to be, I'm trying to be nice here because I know a lot of people from a lot of Black Hole fans are list, uh, do listen to the pod because a couple came up to me uh, throughout the uh, throughout the day. And I'm trying to be nice to the Raiders, but there is no way I can say this without calling it as it is. They were woeful. And, uh, oh no, they, they they were shite, mate. Yeah, they were. They were absolutely terrible, horrendous. And uh, and there is a lot of pain that's going to happen in that organisation. You pay John Gruden ten a hundred million dollars over ten years. 
you know, you know, you're going to get a bit of problems. And the thing is, as well, I don't think he's particularly fond of Derek Carr as a quarterback. So what will probably happen is he'll either get traded at the end of this year or next year, and then he'll get a quarterback either in the in the subsequent draft when he gets traded. So you need two or three years to see how he wants to try and build the team with draft picks. Obviously, with the Khalil Mack trade looking brilliant, more even more brilliant by the week, and then also as well. When I the hope court- you're being sarcastic there. Absolutely, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> Absolutely, it's the worst trade. Double check that. Yeah, <laughs> it's the worst trade that anyone could have ever made. Um, well, not what the did Bears, they get in obviously. return for it? I think they got two first round draft picks next year, <sighs> which is not it's great. Not, it's, it's not a terrible trade, but Khalil Mack is sort of now looks like maybe a contender for defensive player of the year. Absolutely. Um, I think what I would say about the Raiders is in in sort of mitigation. I think they were very banged up on Sunday. I think the mm. O line was. Uh, was very uh, taped and sort of held together by you know string, but and obviously Amari Cooper went went and died really in the I think it was the second quarter when he took yeah. a really hard hit yeah and as soon as that happens I mean I think the well, the thing that surprised me I saw a, one of those sort of like next gen stats graphics for Derek Carr mm. and I don't think he completed like more than two forward passes like no. beyond the line of scrimmage which is incredible actually yeah I know, the, I know the conditions weren't great and you're shy of receivers and stuff like that but wait, wait, I mean the conditions weren't that bad I mean it, yeah it was a bit of rain but it weren't but it, it kind of cleared as the as the night went on I think and also I just want to say this right Gruden said at the start of uh the year uh, start of the year that he has not many people there he hasn't got the, the, the talent that he wants there the two offensive tackles that gave up six sacks to the Seahawks on Sunday night there you go all the alliteration um the the, the tackles that gave up the sacks were two draft picks that him and the organization decided to pick so how can you say that you haven't got the talent there when you were the one picking the talent? I I, I don't understand. Um, there's a lot of problems there with the Raiders. Um, I don't envisage um, it changing anytime soon. I, I, I think that the move to Las Vegas is really going to be a, a real shame because you're moving a you're moving a franchise that is an absolute historic franchise there. Um, but it is what it is. And the Seahawks, though, we need to give we need to give some credit to the Seahawks because Russell Wilson had a day. I um, thought they were really, really good, you know. Yeah. Um, I thought they'd struggle uh, and when I saw the first couple of games this season, but I think they've really turned a corner. And I mean, Wilson is still amazing, but he's really having to work very hard. And yeah, yeah. They've they found a run game, which is very important. The defence isn't... Well, it, was, it wasn't tested against the Raiders, no. so it's a bit, of a, a bit of a red herring only dropping three points. But I, I think they look okay. And they've got half a chance of getting out of their division. I don't know. I mean, we'll talk about the Rams, obviously. The Rams are still playing brilliant football, but... Have oh, they I'm, ever... not, I'm not saying they're going to overtake the Rams. Like, <sighs> I mean, let's... let's. What's the phrase you, you like? Pump, pump the brakes. Pump, pump the brakes? Yeah, yes. let's, let's do that. <laughs> but while the Rams are, have got a very good shout of having probably the best season since uh, Carolina in 2015, mm. but... Um, but as a wild card, wild card pick, I should say, they've got a good chance because they'll beat. They're better than the Niners and the Cardinals, I think, by quite a distance. Yeah. And if they can beat them twice, I think they've already. Did they beat the Cardinals or did the Cardinals get a win over Seattle? I can't remember. I can't they've remember myself either. I can't remember uh, back That's in the day. I think they. I think they beat the Cardinals, if I remember rightly, because because the only win the Cardinals have had actually was against the Forty Niners. So that and so yeah, that's right. Cool. Yeah, it was Rosen's first. First snaps wasn't it against Seattle? Mm. I, I, I half remember it, but 
Uh, couldn't quite remember the uh, the score. I, either way, um, yeah, they're much better than the Cardinals and, and the Niners. They've got, I think, they've got a half chance of a wildcard pick purely because of how weak their division is. But we'll, we'll, that's by the by at the minute. I think yeah. they 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 look all right and they look capable of beating other teams as well. I, I don't think they're in for a bad season. Look, honest. look at their schedule though. I mean, and look at their schedule. They've obviously got the, they've got the Lions uh, away at the Lions at Detroit, which is always a tough place to go, regardless of how bad they play. But then. My God, the schedule looks brutal. They're playing at home against the Chargers, who are on the rise tremendously. They're then at the Rams, which will be an unbelievable game. Then they've got the Packers on Thursday Night Football at home, which is again, should be a win for them because Thursday Night Football, particularly if you go into different time zones, is always difficult. And then they play the Panthers. And then after the, Vic- after the Panthers, they then play the 49ers, which is sort of a gimme. Then they've got the Vikings and the Chiefs still to come before the end of the season. It's a tough road for the Hawks. It really is. But if they get through with that, maybe would say three wins with the rest of their schedule, uh, uh, with, the, with how competitive is the NFC East, uh, the NFC East, I should say, 10 wins might still get you in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think, I think they've got a shout. I, I think they look re- really decent against the Raiders and they've turned, as I say, they've, they've turned a corner. A uh, couple of games we're going to take a look at. As well, uh, a couple of really close games actually. Shout out to the Broncos taking the Rams all the way really and giving them their toughest game of the year so far. Uh, The Dolphins getting a win over the Bears. That was a really surprising one for me personally. Um, Let's talk a little bit though. About some about Sunday night football because oh. that was that was an amazing game. I watched the vast majority of this. I passed out somewhere <laughs> at the start of the fourth quarter, which was <laughs> gutting. So I didn't quite make the end. But goodness me, what a game! What brilliant! A game. What, what a you game. love about the sport? Yeah, what a game completely. Uh, in fact, actually, the Tyreek Hill 75-yard touchdown run when he got beer threw uh, uh, over him afterwards. And then the Albert Wilson play that you talked about in the uh, Bears-Dolphins game, the 75-yard run that he had uh, at the time to tie the game. Um, uh, he, uh, They were both the tied for the plays of the week this week on our poll on Twitter, at Monday Morn NFL, if you're not already following us. But that game... To come back the way they did, by the way, I should say, they were 24-9 down at the break, the Chiefs. And I've always said about Mahomes about pumping the brakes, as we've already used the phrase here on the pod. But the kid can play. My word, to go into Foxborough and put up 40 points against that defence, Tom Brady had to work. And boy, did he work. But J-Mo, I've got to ask the question. Third and goal on the seven-yard line for Brady. He had the, the Kansas City Chief player has him in his grasp and just lets him go. <laughs> then he goes and runs it in <laughs> for the score. Absolute madness. But I mean, that just sums up the madness of that game. Chiefs get their first lot. Have to take their first L of the year. But boy, did the Patriots have to work for that. Yeah, they really did. And I, so at some point during this game. I remember we we chatted a little bit about the about this on the podcast uh, actually last week, and we sort of talked a little bit about we both thought the Patriots would win because it's the sort of game that the Patriots just win. Mm. It's what Belichick and Brady in particular have almost made a career out of. They just win the games that matter, and this is probably the first game of the Patriots season really which really mattered. Mm. Apart from you could argue the Dolphins one. Uh, which, to a slightly lesser extent, because the Dolphins aren't the Chiefs. Yeah. But, and we both thought Patriots will do it. I don't think 
Certainly, I don't think you thought the Chiefs would come as close. I think you thought the Patriots nope. would be comfortable. I thought it would be a really close game, but I did think the Patriots would get over the line. But in the second quarter, I, obviously I watched all the first half, like pretty crystal clear memory. The third quarter is when it starts to get a little bit fuzzy. I start to drop off a little bit. Um, but I remember thinking in the first half, because Mahomes couldn't get anything going. They were defending him so, so well. They obviously had a plan. They were executing brilliantly. And I just thought, yeah. That the Patriots are doing exactly what we thought the Patriots would do. They're shutting down the options. The child, the Chiefs are finding it so so difficult. But I tell you what, huge credit has to go to the Chiefs for for sticking in that game and for making it interesting. I thought Mahomes was brilliant. Yes, he didn't have the sort of day that we've seen him have so far this season, where it's just highlight reel throw after highlight reel throw. Mm. But what I think. Sunday did was establish him as a quarterback who can really hang in there with some of the best defenses. Because whilst the Patriots, in theory, aren't an amazing defense, they never get really get thought about that. They're still very, very good, and what they are is tactically they're amazing. They they just do the right things, um, and they obviously had a plan for Mahomes, and for a vast majority of the game it worked. But I thought Mahomes Sunday night football in Foxborough. Biggest game of his career so far. I thought he, he eventually acquitted himself really, really well. And shout out as well while I'm here for my boy Kareem Hunt. I will get onto fantasy in a little bit. I got another pasting, but I got, I put up another great score, but got another pasting. These things happen. Kareem Hunt though, he's he's such a boy. Such yeah, an absolute boy. What if we're talking? What if we're talking about running backs? Actually, I think. The reason why I'm at the moment, I'm thinking to myself, the Patriots will get out of the AFC. I, I, this, I, I personally think this is a, a preview of the AFC Championship game. I really do, or, or certainly a divisional game, um, because I still have a funny suspicion about the. I still have a funny suspicion about the Chargers. I said it at the start of the season. I've got a real suspicion about them because they are on the rise at the moment, and we'll talk about them a little bit more in detail because obviously they're coming over here um, on Sunday. But I just want to mention the fact about the Patriots because the Patriots have now, we're now thought, obviously they were one and two. Everyone thought again they were in a crisis and they were finished and all that. You know what the Patriots are like. They play their best football. They start the season off absolutely poor and then they come and play their great best football and they're going like an eight game buddy streak or something like that. Here's the here's the deal. What is different about this Patriots offense for me, Steve, is the fact that they've got a running back. Sonny Michel was an unbelievable player out of Georgia uh, last year in the tandem yeah. running back in the nation. One of the best tandem running backs in the nation. And he just wiped the floor with KC. And that, that rushing defense for me was nowhere nice. Just in 4.4 yards to carry, 106 yards and two touchdowns. Not a bad night for a team that supposedly didn't have a rushing, uh, rushing attack, a ground attack. And that's the difference with this Patriots side around Brady because Brady's never had a, a proper running back, I wouldn't have thought, since probably 2004. Since the first time he started winning, the, started winning the big ones in that first. Yeah, well, they, they sort of do it. They've sort of done it a little bit by committee, haven't they? Like sort of, you know, Burkhead and White and yep. Lewis over the years. Like they always seem to they're they're, they're functional, but no, he, he hasn't had a a standout running back. But I no. think you sort of look at Sonny Michel and you and you really start to wonder maybe this is this is what he's been looking for. This has been what he's been waiting for for such a long time, and what. New England did so well during that game was their drives lasted forever. They were really efficient and they just ground out drive after drive. There was one, I think, towards the end of the second half, it was like eight minutes and it was just efficiency. Mm. Run, run, 
ping pass, screen pass, Gronkowski run. It was what just boy. really, really, really efficient. But also in the same time, it just sort of strangled the Chiefs a little bit. And yeah, it, it was at times from New England, it was a real clinic on how to sort of manage a game. But having said that, I think the Chiefs did amazingly well in the, in the second half to to get anywhere close. And they, speaking of incredible did. games in <laughs> on prime time, yes, uh, two in a row. Game, yeah, the the last game we're going to take a look at before we move on uh, to sort of look into fantasy and what's coming up and all that sort of stuff. The last game we're going to look at the Niners versus the Packers. Oh, Aaron Rodgers, he he does it again. People who listen to this, who've listened to it from the start, are probably going to be like, oh, all these two do is just 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 ride Aaron Rodgers so so hard. <laughs> but guys, how can you not? The bloke's a freak. He's on one leg and he's still doing it. 425 yards, two touchdowns. And not only that stat line, not only that, but it's the how. They had no right to win that game, the Packers. Nope. They, they maybe had a right to tie it. Nope. Maybe. No, they didn't. Then, no, they didn't. They were awful. They were awful yeah. for three quarters. And their but, defense but even, in particular was yeah. woeful. But even, but even then, it's a stretch. Yeah. And it was, it was an unbelievable fourth quarter comeback. And... Wowie. I don't, Just wow, what a game. I don't think... Well, I, I, I've never been speechless before on this pod, but I actually don't think I have any more superlatives to talk about Rodgers. I mean, there was a... There was a there was an, I'm going to call it for what it is. I'm calling a spade a spade here. There was a complete idiot on the uh, Facebook group, NFL UK Facebook group, saying that Aaron Rodgers is a lucky quarterback and that Eli Manning's better. And I was there thinking to I, myself... I, I, he can't be serious, mate. He was. He was actually. He, he was actually trying to be serious. <laughs> He's actually trying to justify why. And I was like, oh, I, I, I can't believe that anyone's doing that, especially with the way Eli's playing this season. But, ah, oh, gee... I, Rogers, right? Rogers single-handedly, I think, is the very few. He's one of the very few players in the league that, if you have him on your team, you are automatically a playoff contender. Without him, the Packers are dreadful, and he's been carrying that team for the best part of a decade on his back. And yes, he's only been to one Super Bowl. Okay, fine, get the point, you know. But how on earth? How on earth you can ever say that the bloke's not elite? The He's absolutely unbelievable, and the balls he was talent alone. He's, he's the best quarterback in the league. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Like the most accomplished quarterback, and, and a, load, a load of New England fans get very salty about this. The most accomplished quarterback is Tom Brady. Totally understand that. He's five and three in the Super Bowl, won five rings. Not all of them particularly great, but you know, we'll get in, that's another debate for another time. On pure talent alone, there is nobody that can hold a candle to number twelve of the Green Bay Packers. There is no one, absolutely nobody. Yeah, totally agree. And we can talk about Breeze, is Brady, yeah, Rogers, that... and, and all and all of these and all this debate. But I think ultimately, if you just take ability into question, yeah, like, like, can you imagine if Rogers had the keys keys to New Orleans offense or all had the Patriots Belichick offense. working with him? Oh my god! Yeah. If, if the Patriots offense had uh, had Aaron Rodgers in it, by the way, I reckon that that he would have won maybe seven or eight Super Bowls. I genuinely, genuinely believe that. That Mike McCarthy's holding him back, uh, and, and all that sort of stuff, and. <laughs> I can't, I can't fathom how people don't see how the bloke's elite. Like he's, he's, he's yeah. absolutely brilliant. Um, before we go on off of week sixty, I just need to touch on oh. this. Obviously, um, between our two sides, actually, the game uh, between oh, our course, two sides. Yes. I, I, um, I'm not going to gloat too much because I said, and I'll put my hands up to this. I said that I thought the Panthers would absolutely coast it and win by ten points, but 
my oh my, in the end, the Redskins got off to a, a great start and never really looked back, although Cam was very close in the end. It was about 30 or 40 yards away from potentially winning the game. So um, in the end, it was a really close game. Again, what happens with, with the Redskins? We start really well in the first half. Second half, we take a foot off the gas and, and Carolina came back into it, I'd say. Um, but a good win, a huge win for us ahead of uh, ahead of week seven. Yeah, that's a massive win for, for Washington, it really is. I, I was disappointed with that. Um, it was obviously on whilst we were at Wembley, so we were just sort of keeping up with the score when um, when it was, you know, flashing around the scoreboards. Mm. <laughs> and um, so it's quite difficult to sort of keep track of. But, yeah, they had the chance, um, the Panthers, with, with the final possession, just couldn't quite get it going. And... Um, it, that was the big thing. It was, yeah, couldn't quite get the first down, which would have, which would have kept it going. And it's, it, it's a shame. Fourth, you know, it, when you're 16 yards out, you're just like, come on, come on, this is all we want. You just want the touchdown. It's there. It's there. It's all you need. Hmm. But alas, um, I'm not too concerned. Oh, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. The, 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 for me, the South is a very, very tough division, obviously, with the Saints playing the way they are. Um, obviously, they were on the bye this week. They've got Baltimore, who just destroyed the Titans 21 um, nothing mm. this week. Um, I, th- I mean, to be honest, there are so many th- thoughts on that one, but I think the NFC South, I think at least one of the four teams in that division will get a wild card. I don't think it will be... Uh, the Bucks or the Falcons, obviously. Although they had a really good game as well, actually. <laughs> thinking mm. about it as well, um, but I think you've got one hell of a shot at the wild card. Um, but I, I, I'd probably go through most of the scores actually, because there was so many close games looking through week six, and there aren't too many. I'd say I don't think there are that many teams at the moment, which is unbelievable for week six. There aren't that many teams out of out of playoff contention already. There's probably two or three, but there's not many. No, I, I agree. Um, one that I, I'd want out of playoff contention pretty rapidly is the uh, is the Tennessee Titans, but somehow I think they might be still in it, um, despite how awful and how horrent they were against the the Ravens. A really interesting game actually in Dallas, uh, as the Cowboys absolutely blew out the Jags, like took them apart. I've said um, it for I've said it for years, Jamo. Blake Bort was holding that up that, that offense back and you know, if the G, if the Jags D isn't on fire, then you're gonna get a paste in and you and the Jags have been posted for the last two weeks now against the Chiefs and against the Cowboys. I mean this is a side the, dif- the, the difference is there, Jar, is the Chiefs are very, very good. The Cowboys absolutely are not. They're bang average. Um, they are average. And to to drop forty points is it's staggering, really, but it, it's interesting. I, I saw a really good debate uh, on on Twitter this week, and it was um, it was talking about what what's required in a in a modern football defense, and it's it's no longer about sort of restricting yardage. It's it's about forcing turnovers. It's about making those massive plays and forcing fumbles and making interceptions and uh, sort of. You want a defense that bends but doesn't break, and all this mm. sort of stuff. And and at the minute, the way that the Jags' defense performed last year is almost working against them. I think because offenses now are being way more conservative and not giving them the chance to turn the ball over. And when that happens, 
the Jags can't get the turnovers they were getting last year, can't give Bortles the chances, and he, they, they're going to struggle. And yeah. that was it was a really surprising result. Wouldn't surprise me if there was a bit of a bounce back um, next week because that's I think that's the worst result the Jags have had in two seasons now. Yeah. Um, and yeah. they've got a big game against the Texans, who, whilst they're quite an exciting team to watch, will give you opportunities on on defence to make some plays. So that AFC that's... South is wide open, by the way. I know we're going to yeah, touch on it because totally. the Titans are coming over again. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the but the, but the AFC South in particular is wide open. Yeah. So just to run through, um, Buccaneers took an L to the Falcons, who finally got themselves a win. Uh, Five-point win, 34-29. Uh, the ones we haven't covered, Colts got beaten by the Jets. 42 points for the Jets, man. Unbelievable. Um, Cardinals 17, Vikings 27, Steelers beat the Bengals, Chargers beat the Browns. It was a great result for the Chargers. Uh, sort of came up a little bit on the blind side. and Yeah, absolutely incredible. Melvin Gordon is maybe the best running back in the league at the moment in terms, of, in, in terms of just sheer output. Oh, He's, that's a big call when you think about Todd Gurley. Yeah, but the amount of touchdowns that Melvin Gordon is is getting just constantly, it's ridiculous. I'd, I'd still say Todd Gurley's above Melvin Gordon. I'm not saying that Melvin Gordon's poor, by the way. I'm saying that he's doing a fantastic job. Oh, I, I think I think if you took it objectively, Todd, Todd Gurley's the best running back in the league. What I mean is it's just sort of almost on form. There's, there's an Gordon argument is there. there is a, at the moment. Yeah, there is a debate there, but I'd, I'd still go with Gurley, especially with the way that Rams offence is playing. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's maybe a little bit of hyperbole, but Melvin Gordon fan club over here. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing him this weekend. Um, Bills beaten by the Texans. We've already covered Bears beaten by the Dolphins. And uh, and yeah, a, a crazy week really. Again, a lot of close games, a lot of games decided by just one score or even just one field goal. It seems to be a bit of a trend in the league this year. So yeah, plenty to sort of, sort of look at and, and analyse and the thing is, it's, it makes it even more difficult to predict this league when the games are getting down so nitty-gritty and so close. It yeah. really makes it a, a fool's errand. So with that, <laughs> let's look ahead to the next week. Now, uh, we're going to take a little look at fantasy. Uh, Jar, I know you'll be pretty buzzing to talk about this because you're, you're, sort of, you're at your back in, in a way. Um, um, yeah, I am actually uh, thinking about it. I just want to say actually quickly, you, you touched on your low light of the week, by the way, in terms of. The, oh yeah, sorry, I've, I've moved on too quickly. Yeah, uh, <laughs> highlight of the week, mate. Sorry, that, that's, that's my that's my bad as a presenter. Apologies, ladies and gentlemen. Highlight of the week, John. Uh, quick highlight of the week for me, actually, I think was the Antonio Brown touchdown catch. It was an unbelievable play, by the way. It was a great play call. I don't know how the Bengals didn't spot, but the, the, what was going to happen um, with the Antonio Brown touchdown. Brilliant slant inside. Big Ben just picks it and just goes, yep, there you go. And Antonio Brown just goes, yep, I'm off. Uh, the Bengals, again, needed a big win. They, they haven't actually beaten the Steelers for so long. I think, I think I've read a crazy stat, actually, that Big Ben's now 14-2 and two or something like that in, in the Bengals stadium, which is unbelievable for a road record. Yeah. Um, so, so that, for me, is the highlight of the week because the Steelers seem to be back. They seem to be out of their crisis mode. Uh, low light of the week for me, actually... Um, for for me was actually how was how poor um, was how poor the cult we're well not how poor, say how poor the Raiders were I'd say actually um, because I thought it would yeah. be a closer game than that 
Um, I know your low light of the week. You've already touched on it. Was the pint cues? I mean, luckily for us, down in the in, in the more expensive seats down the bottom, uh, we didn't have that. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, like I say, I think it was so poor because I think everybody came in thinking, yeah, the Seahawks will win, but it should be a close game. It was absolutely nothing like that. But no, yeah, what about what about yours, mate? Well, both of them from the Wembley game. Obviously, the low light was missing the third quarter for <laughs> queuing for pints. Fantastic. That's ridiculous. Um, it was it was obscene. Uh, my highlight actually happened in that third quarter, which is ironic, but I enjoyed it nevertheless. And that was a touchdown pass from Russell Wilson to Tyler Lockett, yeah, which is what I'd been waiting for the whole game because both of whom were in my fantasy team. <laughs> I didn't sadly witness it live, but I did see it on the screen whilst I was standing in the beer queue. So, yeah, that was my highlight of the week. Fair enough, mate. Well, yes. Uh, <laughs> and you... uh, that, that brings us nicely on, actually, to uh, to fantasy. In fact, Jar, I'm going to start. Yeah, go on. Do you know what? You go, you go first. I'll, I'll put my feet up at this point, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it was it was another rough week for me. Um, <laughs> it, and it's the thing is, is it's <laughs> this happened last year, and it's it's painful. It really is. Since uh, since week one, so week one, I had an absolutely horrible match with. Uh, our friend Ed, who's in the league, which is like 65, 66, something like that. Since since then, I have not scored lower than 93, and I'm 2-4, and four, so fantastic. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's tough, it really is, like, the, the matchups have not been my friend, uh, I've lost 99, 131, uh, I've lost... 9300 and I've lost 97 now 134 ouch it's it's brutal it really is even the two games I won my opponent's got 95 <laughs> everyone <laughs> loves showed... everyone loves playing against you that's what it is they really really do it's so difficult to get a win but uh, this week it was it was it was a touch I got 97 points and you can never really be too unhappy about it but watch me so <laughs> I've just looked at the old bench, by the way, mate. Unfortunate. The bench actually isn't my biggest gripe, and I'll tell you for why. So, um, the biggest gripe that I had by a mile was um, was Alfred Morris. I was I was one of the unlucky souls who uh, who got the, who got jinxed by Alfred Morris. Basically, we um, I've been seeing people on Twitter all week complaining about Alfred Morris. And you know, what what can you do? Not a single. In fact, he took one snap, ran it for eight yards and a first down, and got it brought back and didn't have another snap. <laughs> That's mind blowing. There's nothing to indicate, absolutely zero to, nothing at all to indicate that was in the offing. Absolutely nothing. Um, thankfully, it didn't affect me because, as I say, my opponent Tom. Scored 134 points. Phenomenal performance. Had the Ravens D, had Aaron Rodgers, and he had Tyler Boyd and uh, Alex Collins, who did some bits for him. And when that happens, you sort of just got to hold your hands up a little bit. Where I can be a little bit agreed is the fact that Alfred Morris got zero points and Tariq Cohen got 16 on the bench. And Deshaun Jackson got eight. And Marquise Goodwin got 25 on my bench. So, actually, if... If I do a little bit of quick math very quickly, I could have gone up 16 and gone up, oh, 32. I I could have made it close. Very close, uh, actually, thinking but, about it. Um, 
but even then, it's it, it's very disingenuous because I think uh, one of, uh, in fact, no, my defense got minus one as well. So the, these are little things, you know. It happens. We we all play this game for <laughs> many reasons. If I'd have played my perfect team in my squad, I think I'd have come close to tying. But you know, these these things happen. I don't I don't really look at that too too closely. But yeah, the Alfred Morris one was a blow. Um, just a quick shout out to my boy Adam Thielen, who is still absolutely and unequivocally my boy. Uh, he's currently the um, he's currently ranked two. Who on earth is ranked number one in the wide receivers above him? I've got no idea, actually, thinking about it. I can't think of anybody who's been smashing it more than he has. I guess, maybe, like, I don't know, maybe Calvin Ridley, potentially? I don't know. No, I don't think so. So, listen, uh, let's have a listen to um, to Thielen's weeks so far. Go on, then, week, sir. Week 1, 102 yards. Week 2, 131 yards, 1 TD. Week 3, 105 yards. Week 4, 135 yards, 1 TD. Week 5, 116 yards, 1 TD. Week 6, 123 yards, 1 TD. The bloke is a freak. He's doing he well. He's smashing it. Yep. Absolutely smashing it. And he is he's doing his best to keep my fantasy team relevant this year. And, yep. you know, I've, I've, uh, the only bit of news that I want to touch on before we uh, let you move on, Joe, Russell Wilson's on the bye this week after Wembley, so I've brought in Mitchell Trubisky to play quarterback. That's uh, a not brave shout. I, initially, I was going to say that's a brave shout, but I don't think it is, actually, against how, against that porous Patriots defence. Yeah, and I've also brought in... Uh, I've also dropped Aaron, Alfred Morris to my bench. <laughs> surprising it. Um, and uh, Devontae Freeman, who was my second overall pick... Um, Sorry, it was my second pick, I should say. Um, is now done for the season on the injured reserve, which is fantastic. Just what Ouch. I wanted. Um, so I'm very shy of running backs at the moment. So my two starting running backs are Cream Hunt, happy, and Tariq Cohen, which is very boom or bust. So I could get 30 points, I could get two, but we'll, we'll see. It should be quite a close game, I think. Um, hopefully I win. I am very much predicted to, but it, I mean doesn't matter does it we, we, we all know this it absolutely doesn't matter um yeah it should, should be an interesting week i did have a trade lined up with uh with ross that i can disclose um which would have been a, a big trade a big trade actually um so i was going to trade away uh Devontae freeman oh russell wilson yeah and deshaun jackson christ and I was going to get in return Cam Newton, uh, Cooper Cup, and s- yeah, Cam Newton and Cooper Cup. That's who I was going to get. Right. Um, and I was, deli- and I, was deli- I would have been delighted with that trade. Yeah. Um, Cam Newton's a better quarterback than Russell Wilson straight in, and Cooper Cup's been a machine, um, and he would have improved my team. And Devontae Freeman's not really done a lot. I'm happy to give up Wilson for Cam and happy to go at the Sean Jackson for Cup. So, yeah, it, it would have been a really interesting trade. Sadly, both players now, it, the main focuses of it are injured. Freeman's on the injured reserve, and Cooper Cup had that horrible horse tackle, horse collar tackle, which has put him out for what looks to be the foreseeable future. But, yeah, so scouring them waiver wires for a, uh, for a pickup. Got three this week. I've got the Bills D, which who I might bring in because they're playing against Indianapolis, who are awful. Um, and... I may drop the Jags, which will be a real moment for me. Wow. So, and um, 
And I brought in Tyler Gabriel off the waivers as well as Mitchell Trubisky. So, yeah, those are my three changes. Hopefully I can, can arrest the slump and get myself a dub this week. But who knows? Uh, Jar, you won. Well done, mate. I did, yes. I um, it wasn't it wasn't an absolute battering. I will say that actually, it was a very very close game, uh, less than ten points in it. So um, it was a really really interesting start to the week. Uh, Ross, uh, who I was playing this week, um, he had Corey Clement on Thursday night football. Got thirteen points. I think I mentioned this on the last part. I was like, right, okay, is what it is. Uh, we'll go from there. Uh, and, and initially, it was not the greatest of starts. Big Ben wasn't playing well. Neither really was. Uh, neither really was John. Uh, not John Brown. Sorry. Neither was. Uh, well, Big Ben was the only person really I think I had in the. And neither was Peterson actually um, in the early window. Oh. Go on. Go on. What, so what you know, you... We was, sorry, I, I I totally derailed your point here, but it go on. It finishes off on a mine quite nicely. Go on, sir. We were speculating who was the number one wide receiver. Yeah. Go on. Who do you reckon? Let's, let's spitball a few. It's actually a bit more obvious than you might think. Uh, oh Christ, uh, Julio. No. Nope. Go on then. Tyreek Hill. Oh well, that's obviously why did I not think of him? Um, that's a complete. Why would I not think of him? Um, but he's he's a classic boom and bust. He's had a couple of thirty point games, but he's also had three games where he scored less than ten. So yeah, well, I'd much I'd much prefer that militant precision of Adam Thielen any day. But oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, 100%. sorry, sorry, Jack. Carry on, mate. That's all right. That's all right. Enjoying your story. Yeah, I was quite, I was quite, I was quite getting into that. But you know, it's what it is. Um, so um, <laughs> it was, uh, it was uh, like I say, I had uh, the, the Vikings were playing at home mostly against the Cardinals. So I had Stefan Diggs, Dan Bailey, Vikings D. Vikings D was doing a little bit. You know, Stefan Diggs wasn't really getting anywhere at this point. Um, Big Ben then obviously decides he wants to go off in the second half. He then throws the ball to Antonio Brown, as I mentioned, for the touchdown at the end of that game. The big problem with that is the fact that Antonio Brown is on Ross's team. So I'm thinking, right, OK, <laughs> uh, this is not going to go great. Uh, Mohamed Sanu's had a day um, and all that sort of thought for him. Uh, and also as well, Cooper, uh, you just think to yourself, it's not going to be my day. And he's got Patrick Mahomes to play on Sunday Night Football. So you're thinking... Christ, okay. Um, Zeke Elliott did well for me again. He's been my bell cow and he's been doing brilliantly. 17.7 points. Obviously, last week was not great, but 17.7 points, can't complain. I put Julian Edelman back in the lineup this week because I thought Brandon Cooks might not see that many plays after the absolute hideous hit that he had week, week five yeah. against the Hawks. So I was like, right, okay. Uh, Gronk came back into the lineup as well. He did well. Um, and also, John Brown. He didn't have another... That's the second game he hasn't actually been playing well. So I might have to think about him. And Stefan Diggs as well. He's had another poor game. So again, there are thoughts on this. So I've got I've got a decent lineup on this one. Um, but yeah, I've got 97.76. And despite the fact that Patrick Mahomes had a day, uh, the fact is, the quite simple fact of the matter is is that uh, Charity Kelsey didn't. So that was a big help. Um, 88.28 points for Ross. 97.76 points for moi. Which means I go to 500. It means I go to 3. And three, so that's always a good news. Now, you might have mentioned this on the last podcast again, but we, but whoever Steve is playing this week, I will then play next week. So last week he played Tom. Um, first time you've ever lost Tom, and that's his first win of the year. Um, yeah. Soz, mate. Um, so I got him this week, and at the moment it's quite close, actually. I'm scheduled to have 97.12 points. He's scheduled for 95.1 Three, so uh, it's a very, very close one actually. 
looking down the list this week, I, I put Brandon Cooks back into the lineup. I'm not sure about Marlon Mack. He did okay. He got nearly 10 points on his return. So I'm thinking, do I put him in or not? I don't know. Um, it'll be very, very interesting to see what happens. He's he's, uh, he's he's obviously got a bye week coming up the next couple of weeks, so we'll, we'll see how that happens. Julian Edelman stays in against the Bears, which I think is a brave, cool person. Uh, Stefan Diggs. The only big, but the biggest, biggest news of the week, Steve. Yeah. The biggest news of the week. He's back after four weeks of being injured. Greg the Leg. He's back <laughs> in my fantasy team. I saved a spot for him. I know that's not supposed to happen in fantasy. I get that. But for Greg Berleg, he had to stay on the bench. And he's back in the side. Get in. Um, but what's also interesting, and I will sh- uh, shut up in a minute because obviously we've got to talk about week seven. But I've got Adrian Peterson and Ezekiel Elliott as my running backs. And they're playing against each other this week in week seven. So all I'm hoping is that uh, Alex Smith and that Prescott both just hand the ball off every time and just let them run. Because um, I can get loads of points. Um, yeah, you're hoping but, for a grim, horrible day in Dallas, oh, aren't you? <laughs> well, it's, yeah, <laughs> well, it's in Washington, yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, but uh, that's exactly what I'm hoping for. Um, really, really hoping for that. Uh, but the, the annoying thing is as well is that the Atlanta on Monday night football this week against the Giants, and he's got Julio in his team. So I'm really, I'm just hoping that you know, I just, I, I hate it when games go to Mondays because you just know anything can happen on Monday night football. But yeah. hoping to God that I can get back to over 500 and get back in that race for the playoffs, Steve. Okay, right, we're going to take a quick look at our Wembley game this week. We're both going Titans versus Chargers, and we're both going to pick out our favourite game on the slate this weekend. Uh, Titans-Chargers, Jart, it's probably the most underwhelming, I'd say, of the three Wembley games this year. Two teams which aren't really sort of, uh, they're not uh, not sort of flash teams. They don't tend to have a lot of support, especially in the UK. Mm. But it could be quite an interesting game. Titans need to turn up. Yeah, um, 100%. And if they do so, we could be in for a good one. I think the Chargers win it pretty comfortably, though. I wouldn't say comfortably. I think it'd be a 10-point game. Uh, I've got to say this, though, about the Chargers, right? And they are they were my pick to win the AFC West. Again, if you haven't listened to the podcast from the start, please do. Obviously, your episodes are on wherever you're listening to this by. And I said at the start of the year, I said that the Chargers are probably the most underrated team in football. They didn't start great. I will say that about them. But the Chargers, to me, are just starting to make a little bit of a run, especially at Kansas City. Um, mm. if Kansas City losing. They're only one game back in the AFC West, and Kansas City's got a really interesting game on Sunday Night Football, which I want to touch on a little bit more later in the, in the bit that we're calling Two For You, by the way, the two games that we think that you should watch. This is one of them, obviously. Um, yeah. the, that's why we're talking about it. Um, the Chargers, right, are 4-2. Tennessee, 3-3. Three and three. Both in really in- interesting parts of their division. Obviously, Texans, Jags, and Titans are all three and three in the AFC South, which is phenomenal. We're considering how poor both Mariota and Bortles are, both at quarterback. Um, Deshaun hasn't really looked like Deshaun since he's come back. Uh, Chargers need a win, basically trying to keep pace with the Chiefs because I imagine the Chiefs will bounce back on Sunday Night Football. But I'm going to say this, and I- and I know there's a couple of things I want to touch on actually, Steve. First of all. I'm quite surprised how many people are are selling tickets for this game um, on, on social media and all that sort of stuff because I think this is probably going to be the best game of the three. I really don't think the Eagles-Jags will be that great a game and I think that this could be a real... You know I like to use the phrase sleeper. 
this could be yeah. a sleeper, hundred well, percent. In terms of in terms of the game entertainment, it's certainly got the potential to be. I I completely but, agree. But also, it's... I just want to just really quickly actually see because we were talking about this. I was talking about this with Tom when we were down at Wembley last week. If you, obviously the rumours are every time the London game comes around, the rumours are the franchise is coming. We all know my thoughts on the franchise. I don't think it'd be a good idea. I know you do. Charges. Yeah, they. I know, I, I know where you're going with this already. I think I, I, I think I they are going to yeah. be the team because I don't think the Los Angeles market's right for them. Obviously, there's loads of Rams no, fans. No, it's not still, at all. Yeah, there's it loads makes... of Rams fans there still, and also the Chargers. There's loads of uh, LA Raiders fans that hate the Chargers because they're in the yeah. AFC West. So, the Chargers think... home game has ninety percent away fans. Yeah, it's hideous. Isn't the it? team. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. So yeah, in in that sense, it makes total sense. But wh- whether it happens. I it's so I don't think I don't think say. it will happen, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, the game that I'm I want to pick out um, just before we finish is um, uh, actually no, John. I'm going to let you go because I have a feeling I know which one you're going to pick. So go ahead. Uh, I'm actually going to pick the Sunday night football game. I know which one you think I was going to pick, but I'm going to yeah. Pick Cowboys it. Redskins is huge. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge <laughs> it's game. It's a big old rivalry. Yeah, it it's, is uh, massive. But uh, but I still think we'll absolutely destroy the Cowboys. So it is what it is. Because we, you know, why? Because we don't have Kirk Cousins there. Alex Smith is going to do yeah. something that Kirk Cousins never did, which was beat uh, the Cowboys on home soil. Um, but I do reckon the Bengals Chiefs game is massive. Why? Bengals need to come back with a statement win, or at least do something after getting turned over by the by the Steelers. And the Chiefs, I think, I think this might be the start where we go. Is this is Mahomes the real deal? I think he is. But if he loses, no, that, Chiefs he... win this. Well, I don't know. Sunday night football at Arrowhead. I think the Chiefs win that pretty comfortably. What's your no. What's your game of the week then? Anyway, on that one, mate. Mine's the Patriots Bears. I, I think that's nice. got good the, choice. I, I think that's going to be a really interesting game. That Bears defense is brilliant. Uh, the offense is sort of starting to come together a little bit as well. In the Trubisky, it's it's not it's not the most fluid. It's not the most consistent, but they can occasionally put up some put up some crazy stuff. And yeah, I, I think it could be a really interesting one. Patriots versus that defense is is the big is the big test though. There's some big games though down the slate though, isn't there? So I mean, we could we could be here all night talking about them, but obviously there's some huge huge games. It's so just a quick one as well. Texans Jags is massive. Yeah, especially especially with the Titans over here as well. That Texans Jags game is huge. One team will definitely go to four and three, so the Titans need to go to four and three and beat the Chargers. Um, speaking of that game, by the way, uh, me and Steve will be at the tailgate after the game on Sunday. Uh, we'll be recording a little bit for the pod. Um, we're doing like a little bonus pod special. So again, we'll be down there watching Red Zone. Red Zone's on the screens after the game, which is going to be yes. amazing. Seeing, seeing Kevin from the league um, and watching him, watching him take us around the games for ninety minutes. So again, don't go home. I'm recommending going to the tailgate. Me and you are going to be there, Steve, as well, just recording a little bit for the pod, talking about the game. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited. Game two of Wembley. You cannot beat it, Steve. No, I'm really excited for it. It should be a great weekend once again. I uh, hope you're all looking forward to it, ladies and gentlemen. I know me and Josh certainly are. Uh, that'll just about do us on Monday Morning Football for another week. We'll be back with you next week uh, after Game 2 of uh, of Wembley and uh, looking ahead to Game 3 and also the rest of the season because it's really starting to take shape now in the mm. NFL. And it's, it's getting to the point where... Where it's the grind. It's where every game seems to matter, and the playoff start picture to... is starting to come alive yeah, now. Exactly that, and and that's when it starts to get exciting. Obviously, so keep sticking with us. We're really enjoying having you along for these, ladies and gents. We really enjoy making them for you as well. Any feedback, any messages? Just want to say hi. Do let us know at Monday Morn NFL on Twitter. Other than that, from me and Jar for another week, we'll say goodbye. <laughs>